Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. At Arizona State University, we're committed to our students' success. That's why we've designed our online courses to utilize adaptive technology for enhanced learning. Explore more than 300 programs online from the nation's most innovative university. Visit asuonline.asu.edu. Looking for a new career? Welcome to Do HVAC Training Service Center in North Charleston. Enroll today in our comprehensive HVAC training hands-on field experience-based program covering troubleshooting, maintenance, installation, and more on various HVAC systems and ductwork. We offer EPA and NAIC preparation and testing along with various certifications. Enjoy payment options. Take advantage of their November specials. Achieve certification in under five months. Enroll now for your new journey of skill development and career advancement. Log on to DEWH backtrainingsc.com to inquire. Welcome to Lakeside Drive. It's time for some barbecue and some country music. Yes, that's right. We are heading to Texas. Step into your boots and hold on to your hats. In this episode, we preview the United States Grand Prix. And there's no man more excited than the one who I'm chatting to right now, Thomas J. Camp. How are you? Have you got your boots on and you're ready for oh, Austin? I've got my boots and I've got the biggest American flag I could possibly find. It's not as big as the one at the <laughs> end of the first straight, which I... You've got from the MotoGP last year. I don't year, think a bigger one exists. <laughs> I, rem- I remember the first time I went to America and I just remember driving past, I was on the freeway somewhere and the size of the American flags that I saw, I was like, geez, everything really is bigger in Texas, right? And then when I went to Coda and saw the flag there, I was like, this is unbelievable. So (laughs) big ups. Very excited about this weekend. I love Texas. It's got a very – it's just got a special place in my heart. I really dig the place. It's good. Great racing. And, uh, yeah, who doesn't love wings and barbecue and – White trash country music. I'm all about it. <laughs> well, the music actually. We'll get. I mean, we'll get to what is exciting about this weekend when we talk about the track. But um, the music this weekend, like, well done to the promoters. Oh my goodness, we've got. I mean, outside of the track, you've got Chris Stapleton who happens to be playing. Um, not far away on the Friday night and then the Saturday night and then at the track we've got the Killers, and then Saturday night is Queen with Adam Lambert. And then Sunday night is Tiesto. I was like, if you want to not sleep for three days, you're welcome. It won't be hard. <laughs> wow, geez, that's a lineup. What an epic weekend it's going to be. Oh, isn't it? Incredible. Let's talk about some news. Uh, we'll just settle ourselves for a minute. We'll put bean, your beanie back on and just yep. talk seriously yep. for a couple of minutes about uh, about some of the news over the course of the week and then we will get stuck into talking about Austin. Um, the first thing is SPA. So SPA has been um, committed to until the end of the 2025 season. Now I think the thing with this campy is that as much as it's a good thing, we're like, great, keep SPA, 
you know, good old classic track. We love it. I thought it might be for longer, to be entirely honest, um, in terms of their commitment to to go back there. What what level of scepticism are you on tonight? <laughs> oh, Stefano Stefano Domenicali, since he's taken over, he he obviously has a vision for F one that, uh, that doesn't uh, take into account the purest of fans like myself and Tommy too, whose favourite track is Spa. Um, and he's been very. <laughs> hey, uh, don't speak his name. Spa is probably the most. He's. Probably, that is probably the track that he's been most openly critical of moving forward and why we don't need it in the championship. Now, I, I, does, I, does, I can't even, even fathom why you would want to take a track like that with its uh, historics, historical relevance and and just the pitches. I mean, oh, Rouge, that is everybody's favourite corner and when you play Formula 1 on video games, everyone's like, geez, this spa track's just amazing, isn't it? So anyway, it's good that they got it for another two or three years because it is an incredible race track and it'll still be here. But I just think there's a bit of hardball going on behind closed doors. Uh, not that I know about that, but I just suspect the way Formula 1 works and the way the attitudes are played out in media, a lot of the time people say things about something so they can gauge the fans' reaction for it and particularly living in the world that we live in today with social media and podcasts like ours and, you know, some of the digital platform stuff. When 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 teams say out some outrageous things, they're actually looking for the response from the people and the massive response. So I think... I think when 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 things said about Spa, we needed to arc up about it and make our case. I think it was well heard and well received by F1 as an organisation, and they've put it back on the calendar. So that'll be around forever. It won't go anywhere. Um, they may have to fix Eau Rouge again just to make it a bit safer or mm. do some changes because that's the way the sport's going. And the reality is is that we've had some pretty serious crashes there. And I will I will add that the crashes. The, the most extreme ones we've seen have been secondary impacts, not the initial impacts, but just the way that it designs, they bounce back onto mm. the track and create that secondary one. But they will need to sort that out at some stage. So I think some careful planning, consideration on how to best do that, will, uh, yeah, but it will happen at some stage. Podcasts like ours, giving them what they need, otherwise known as Prophets, <laughs> gospel, you know, it's just I don't want to put too heavy a phrase on it. Love but that. I think you're right in that um, they do kind of look out for a reaction to see how you know, it's like their version of polling almost. But it, I wonder if Spa is a track that they're only ever going to do two years at a time for the next kind of ten years based on the improvements that they're able to make to the track because I do think there are a lot of people concerned about the safety element. And I don't think that... I don't think it means that you never go back somewhere. It's more about going, you know, there's an issue here and you need to come up with some interesting solutions. Like you said, it's often the secondary impact that we see those um, really terrible incidents. So, you know, that you need to look at that kind of thing. It doesn't mean we throw baby out with the bathwater and we never go back to spa. But I do think that because of the issues that we've seen there, it's going to be somewhere that they kind of just keep on these kind of two, three-year um, contracts rather than committing to them kind of indefinitely based on what they're able to do with the track to bring it up to the kind of safety standards that people are expecting. The other uh, extension that we've seen is the Pirelli tyre supplier now through to 2027. So Bridgestone had uh, a crack at this. <laughs> uh, Tell me your thoughts, Gabby. <laughs> oh, hey, I, look, I think the teams need to all use the same compounds definitely in this one manufacturer. Whether that should be Pirelli or not, it's up for debate for me. 
I would love to see another Bridgestone or even a Michelin come back. I mean, we did have two Tycon bands at one stage on the track where Bridgestone was doing exclusively Ferraris and Michelin was doing everyone else. And I think Bridgestone had a couple of other teams just to keep everyone happy. But, uh, yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing Pirelli go. That's not a bad thing for me. I would like to see another tyre manufacturer, but... uh, we could talk about tyres in this sport for way too long and I am well aware that <laughs> <laughs> I'm the tyre talk man and I do it way too often. So <laughs> I'll uh, reserve my right. For struggling to sleep out there, let us, let us know and we'll talk about tyres for an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting one. I think the, the more interesting thing for me was just the timing of it because it came out obviously straight after Qatar, which was probably one of the most contentious weekends that we've had when it comes to tyre performance. Um, and so they're obviously going to be looking at at that type of thing and looking at how they can continue to improve the product when it comes to racing under different temperatures and conditions um, and making sure that we don't lose great racing just through tyre degradation um, and that type of thing. So it'll be interesting to see if they do get any um, cool innovations, but um, at least we have that certainty now. I think sometimes a lot of people are not necessarily super passionate about the outcomes of some of the uh the contracts, but just want to know what the plan is really. And at least with that locked in, it means that they can kind of work on development and and anything else. It would have been interesting to see another supplier in there. I'm definitely with you in terms of um, single compound. I don't think adding variables at this point is necessarily going to actually improve kind of the quality of the racing or, or the weekend as a whole. So good to see. Now we can't uh, we can't keep moving through this podcast without referencing a certain smiling Daniel Ricardo in front of about thirty thousand fans in Nashville doing show runs, donut singing. The RB seven came out. It's the two thousand eleven Red Bull. How wide was your grin, Campy? Because I know that mine went ear to ear. <laughs> oh, yeah. Look, Danny Rick loves this loves this state, doesn't he, and this country, and uh, I think people love him. Well, you were saying just before we started recording that how cute did he look, and I'll, I'll second yeah. that. He was pretty cute, grinning to ear to ear. I think you said cute, actually. <laughs> I, we hadn't definitely. started recording, unfortunately, but it was definitely Campy who said cute. <laughs> I definitely did say that, so... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, he does wonders for atmospheres and crowds and he's totally a likeable character and sort of lifts the spirits of it. It's good to see him back. I I must admit we were really excited when he came back, but when he broke his broke his hand, it was it was just frustrating. We were just we wanted to get him on board, but he's back for Vegas anyway in this race and uh I think that was probably his goal. I don't think he wanted to miss Vegas as in it being its first year on the calendar. So, yeah, it'll be good. Yeah, there was. he definitely looks like he's in his natural habitat there as much as he does touring around uh, the west coast of Australia. So great to see his smiling face back. Well, yeah, we did have some um, some friends of the podcast um, who were there. We met um, some girls who host podcasts called Girls Just Want to F1 and uh, two of them are, are Nashville locals um, and they were there and they just said it was uh very uh, atmospheric, very positive. There was no one there who just wasn't there for for good times, and uh, it's just one of those things where you go, just, "There's just no one in the US who doesn't love doesn't love Daniel Ricciardo." So setting the scene nicely for the week ahead. F1 Academy has announced a new collaboration with Karting Series Champions of the Future. Now, the idea with this is to launch a new 
junior series um, or new program. And basically what they're going to do is have participants who are going to be uh, supported by F1 Academy. So there's going to be a couple of different categories in terms of age groups um, and what they're going to do is support three female drivers in each of those categories to then compete in six doubleheader race weekends. Um, At least one of them is going to be outside of Europe, which will be great experience for young karting hopefuls. Um, And one of the big barriers, of course, we know when it comes to karting and motorsport is that financial support. So trying to overcome that initial kind of entry hurdle by providing uh, the entry fees. And then the best three female drivers in the senior categories are going to be invited for an official F1 Academy test. This is really interesting and something that I get quite excited about because I think when it comes to F1 Academy, we talk a lot about how much a difference of a difference is it really making? What is their kind of, you know, what are their goals? Um, there's so many barriers to overcome when it comes to women in motorsport. And this to me is starting to gradually get a little bit deeper in terms of grassroots level because I think that's been kind of the feedback at this point is saying we need to get into the karting, we need to get more girls karting, what are the barriers to that, financial support and opportunity. Okay, well, let's look at how we can try and um, try and help some, some young talent out there. So it's interesting with these different initiatives that are coming from F1 Academy and other kind of I suppose, inclusivity and and diversity groups as well when it comes to trying to improve um, the diversity of of people who are able to partake in in motorsport because it's just so easy to go out with a a cynical lens because so much has been tried and, you know, it can feel very, uh, yeah, it can kind of feel box ticking, I suppose, whereas... You know, what we're seeing with F1 Academy and the collaborations that they're doing, and this is one one example of that, it, you know, it feels really legit. It feels like they're looking at those different hurdles and one by one implementing various initiatives to try and and respond. Um, what are some of the other things, I suppose, Campy, or like, uh, you know, that, that you think they could be doing to try and, uh, you know, make it more visible um, when it comes to women in motorsport? Well, the, uh, the F1 Academy, like, they're racing this weekend, is that correct? I did, did see that, and mm-hmm. that's being televised mm-hmm. as well. So that's exciting. Um, I think I think they Very had some. Exciting, yeah. I had they had some. I think they had some real problems with the the woman series that they tried to get off the ground. I don't think it was very well thought through and well planned out from a sustainability sort of sort of place. It was a great idea to get them involved and and have their own championship, but I just don't mm. think it was well funded and it was well thought through in order to to deliver a product that was commercially viable, but gave everyone the opportunities they needed. So, I think I think women in motorsports growing. I, some of the chats you've you've had with the women across the sport, not not necessarily drivers, but I think uh, Extreme E's done really well with having a male and female driver as well. We've got Molly Taylor from Australia, who's is no slouch in a rally car as well. In the states, it's traditionally been yeah. Danica. Pat- it's traditionally been Danica Patrick, who's who's you know sort of flown that flag for women in motorsport. But I mean, we've got Haley Deegan racing in uh, NASCAR at the moment, and uh, she comes from. I, I, you know, her dad was the started freestyle motocross, and her brothers just won a, you know, WSX championship over there on the on the two wheels. But mate, that chick is genuine 
genuinely going to be a superstar one day when she gets to where she's going to yeah, go and still young and, <laughs> and great personality and has a great online social media presence. Not that I'm fully engaged with that stuff, but the Deegans is one of the channels that... <laughs> But the Deegans is one of the channels that I watch because I'm super interested in them and I want those guys to do well. So I think, I think yeah, for the W Series, uh, sorry, for the F1 Academy, I think it's great. I think they've I think they've got a product where it's been well thought through, it's sustainable, gives the uh, gives the right pathways in place because the reality is is why why can't we see a woman in Formula One? I remember Susie Wolf, she was trying to get a drive at some stage or at least some test stuff, yep. and that didn't work out. And that was back in 2014, 2015. So it's been a bit of a gap. So it's uh it's good to it's good to see. They're not just uh putting their money. They're actually putting their money where their mouth is and they're actually doing some stuff about it well. And what's the chick do? Oh, sorry, excuse my ignorance, the one that's just won absolutely everything in the W series and then crossed over into this one. So Oh Jamie Chadwick. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. Oh, sorry. So Can. Alice Powell. Yeah, I mean, there's a few. So obviously Jamie Chadwick absolutely dominated um, W Series and then went yeah. on to Indie yeah. Lights or yeah. like Indie Next. Yeah. And that's phenomenal. And that's where I kind of go, I know that when W Series ended there was a lot of kind of, well, that was inevitable, it was terribly funded, it wasn't really thought through, this, that and the other. And some of that might be true. But part of me says, well, someone like Jamie Chadwick, that gave her the opportunity to race where she didn't totally. have one. And totally. now she's over at Indie Next. You know, so I kind of go, you know, W Series walked so that the rest of these things could run in a certain way. Um, and so, it is, yeah, it is It is really exciting. Like you said, um, F1 Academy is racing this weekend um, at Coda and it will be televised and they've committed for that next year, which is, again, it's awesome. Like you said earlier, they make these decisions and we have this, you know, massive response from from your um, fans and supporters and that was the number one thing with F1 Academy. It's like you've got to be able to see it because, you know, if if you're a sponsor looking to go into F1 Academy, like, well, what's the point? No one can see my brand because all I get is a 15-minute highlight package three days after the fact. Um, that's not highly motivating for me unless I'm just love motorsport um, or are passionate about this specific um, topic. So it's good for from a commercial perspective when it comes to sponsorship and trying to get more money into F1 Academy. It's good for the other goals when it comes to visibility of women in motorsport. And it also just adds that um, kind of credibility and legitimacy to it, um, which I think is really important. You know, I know it sounds a bit you don't want to be conditional of it going ahead, but I think when it comes to people taking the racing seriously, um, it's actually really important and they'll be following the F1 calendar um, in terms of when they're racing next year, which is fantastic. So constantly building on the year before, which I think is all we can really ask at this point, but certainly what excited me about this was just that going going that bit deeper when it comes to, um, you know, that slightly younger group, getting them in karting, being where we've always said that um, there needs to be more of a grassroots effort. So it might not be quite filtered down to your local club yet, but especially if you're over in Europe, then um, this would be a really exciting development. Um, Following our conversation last week where we were talking about the driving conditions in, uh, in Qatar, the FIA has come out and said that a number of measures are going to be discussed at the upcoming medical commission, which will be in Paris. So they might be looking at things in terms of various guidelines or guidance for competitors, looking at different modifications for more efficient airflow in the cockpit, for example, because we did remember we had George Russell and a few others saying they were actually opening their visors on the straight, trying to get air through. So looking at different um, 
yeah, different solutions to try and cool the drivers down. Um, recommendations for changes to the calendar, of course, as well, in order to align better with acceptable kind of climate conditions, which we know is already happening for this next year. We will be going back to Qatar six weeks later. So it, that should make quite a significant difference. But I think broader than Qatar, that last bit I thought was quite interesting in terms of saying trying to align the calendar with acceptable climate climatic conditions. And I was like, that's not, that's just, that's not just Qatar and it's heat, right? That's looking at, you know, Miami and the rain and, you know, all these other kind of optimal conditions. How much do you really think we can do with that, given that they want to fit 170 races on the grid? Wow. Look, it's touch and go. You're always going to get rain in some places, aren't you? You know, Melbourne, if they push that any further back in the traditional first weekend mm. of of the year, then it's just going to get worse unless they want to come back in a November. You know, the reality is, is we're just, our, our cycles, you're never going to get that right. But we're one race, so it doesn't really matter. I think they've got the European summer pretty right, although we do have some problems with Italy from time to time. But oh, look, who cares? We like the rain. and We'd prefer it to come mid-race, half the races of the year, throwing heaps of jeopardy and, you know, more Ferrari failing at pit stops and yeah. more crashes. That's what we want to see <laughs> as fans. So. Yeah, you're not going to be able to control everything, um, but perhaps looking at when your best bet is to not get 45-degree heat uh, could be a way to go. Now, also in response to the conversation that we obviously had, because I think that's how they decided on these things, Campy. They listen to us and then they say, yeah, we should go do hey, something well, about that. Well, um, wouldn't they? FIA has... Received, yeah, exactly. <laughs> FAA has received an apology from Lance Stroll, um, as well as given him a written warning. Um, they've said that they condemn any actions that may lead to physical harassment, and it was basically confirmed, although not in so many words, that he did push his trainer because what he was trying to do was make sure this is where I feel so you feel so bad for everybody around these drivers at these times because again. They're trying to help them. So what he was trying to do was say, mate, you can't go out the back. You need to go out the front of the garage to go and get weighed per FIA protocols. So he was trying to say, mate, you need to go out the front, follow the process, and he literally shoved him out of the way. So he'll probably also get some sort of reprimand for not following process in that regard as well. But um, the warning has what they have hoped for it to do is remind Lance of his responsibilities as a competitor bound by the FIA Code of Ethics. And so the thing, though, Campy, Look, here, this, here's the, the thing. thing. I just. Oh, you go. You go. <laughs> <laughs> the thing for me is that the day after this happened, he said, I fucking hate having a bad day. I'm not going to change. And I was like, your level of self-awareness and self-reflection as a driver taking responsibility for their behaviour, you can, like, just nothing's going to change. You already said it. Like, what's what's your thing, Cam? Well, I will say that's the sort of shitty attitude that I show only to my wife at home in the confines of my privacy (laughs) there and no one else sees that. I wouldn't say that out loud. Now, I don't – I get it. When it comes to staff and teams, and don't – we don't need to see it, and they're probably right. I think the uh, I think the physical violence towards others, pretty strong, whatever the word – I think that's pretty strong words for a guy that's just having a shitty day. But um, but I like, like, I like NASCAR when the 
drivers used to punch on after a crash. That was that was <laughs> oh, a mate. that was no. a mass. Not that we condone it, but it's a massive part of the sport over there, and it was like you, it just added to the entertainment. It's like watching NHL. It's like all right, you know, and their whole rationale between. Guys fighting is, hey, these are six foot six giants and they're men caged. Sometimes they just need to release a bit of a bit of their fire. Now, I don't think we see that. I don't condone it, but also I love it, says Campy. <laughs> totally, totally. I like watching it. It's fun. I'm not stupid. But think back to Max Verstappen and Esteban Ocon when Max tried to shove Ocon and Ocon run away being French. Like, that was funny to me. But he didn't deserve a reprimand. Not that we should see that stuff on the street with the general public, but, I I mean, look, I know I'm contradicting myself and I don't care. I like to watch it and I want to see more of it, but the reality is do we condone that in everyday life? Absolutely not. Okay, but... Okay, but I think there is a difference between two drivers with whom there's been an incident who come out and they're a bit hot-heavered and they have words or whatever and yes. it might look a bit argy-bargy but often it actually isn't. There is a difference between that and a driver whose trainer is trying to help him yeah, who he then right. shoves into a wall. Like they're, they're two different scenarios, post-competition argy-bargy, no one, no one kind of yeah. as long as everyone's okay. Yeah. But this is different. This is different. This is taking out your frustration for your own poor performance on the one person who is there solely trying to help you. Um, that, that they're two different scenarios to me. Uh, anyway, but like you said, he's not going to change. So why does it matter? <laughs> <laughs> and it is Lance Stroll, so, so it's easy to poke fun at him too. So Exactly. All right, we'll move on. Um, there is one last bit of uh, news that has come out actually just not long ago, um, and this is outrageous to me. I'm reading straight actually off the Racer website because I haven't had read time to read it and summarise it myself. So thank you, Chris Medland, uh, for all your hard work. Uh, the FIA is revisiting the penalty handed out to Lewis Hamilton for crossing a live track at the Qatar Grand Prix. Blah, 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 blah. He continued to walk alongside the track. Yeah, we know that. And he's given him a penalty. However, that decision is now being re-examined by the governing body as it looks into the safety penalty standards as a whole. And this is the bit which I just didn't really care for. They've said, like, yeah, the FIA notes that Lewis was apologetic during the subsequent stewards hearing into the incident and acknowledged it. It was a serious safety breach. However, in view of his role model status, the FIA is concerned about the impressions his actions have created on young drivers. Okay, what? So you're going to have one set of rules for Lewis Hamilton and Fernando Alonso and everybody else has to... They this, what? They're allowed to cross live tracks? How this, can you possibly prior, this is allow, for, think that that is okay? This is Formula One, Freya. This is the way this sport operates and works. <laughs> Ferrari has veto power over every decision that's made ever. So the reality is when Mercedes is on top, they'll get all the advantage calls they want because they're making the sport the most money. At the moment, Red Bull is in that position and they are doing everything they can to not get engines changed or all the upgrades or the changes to the sport, they are the team that they're listening to the most. This is the way the sport works and ultimately you get frustrated by it as a fan, but get over it. We're watching the fastest cars, the the most highly manufactured, technically designed objects ever and racing them around some asphalt and it's awesome to watch. So that's what we need to concentrate <laughs> on. And if you 
eventually buy into all the crap of the sport that goes on peripherally, you lose your faith in it and you, you get over it. And that's what happened in 2021. I think I was just surprised that they were so blatant about it in terms of going, <laughs> no, you're more of a role model so you're going to get uh, different rules to everybody else. Like I think if it's one thing to say we're going to revisit the penalty because we actually think it should have been harsher so don't take this situation as a precedent fine. I don't think they should be revisiting this one because it was a closed issue. You know, we've we've looked at it, yeah. we've dealt with it, done, moving on. Um, whereas now they're opening back up again. And if they'd said, like, we're going to consider whether this was the right level of reprimand, fine. But to openly say that because you've been around for longer and have been very successful and have a massive following, you're going to be held to a higher set of standards, that to me is just outrageous. And it also gives like the idiots on track more scope to kind of say, well, I'm not going to be held to as harsh a penalty as him. <laughs> so, you know, that's like... Yeah, I, that to me just I couldn't believe that they blatantly said it. Hopefully, nothing comes from it because it would be absolutely ridiculous if it did. Okay, let's move on and talk about our favourite moments from Discord this week and look at our Discord comment of the week. And now it's time for the Discord comment of the week. For me, Campy, this goes to the following statement. Checo truly is the ex-podcast host of an Australian F1 podcast of Red Bull Racing. I wonder how his television broadcast reviews are. <laughs> Thank you to Ross. <laughs> uh, mine this week goes to... He who shall not be named. <laughs> yes, Tommy T. I did see him this week as well. We had a quick chat and I can assure Wait, you... So- oh, you don't get the rules. <laughs> no, I didn't mention his name. Old Voldemort. And I'll tell you what, that, that hair's getting longer and greyer too. So, But I did see him and I was like, oh, hey, go on, mate. He's like, Cammy, I'm really sorry. I... Literally, I'm too busy. And he walked off on me. It was about a 15-second buddy. How you going? And walked off. So. TT, out of Lakeside Drive and now too too good for us. Just taking over coffee shops, left, right and centre, Australia-wide, just Judas, that's what we'll call him. Anyway, my my Discord comment of the week comes from Tilly Willie. Yeah. He wrote about a 6,000-word essay, which I'm not going to read out. But <laughs> my friend Brabham said, I want this to be a Discord comment of the week because it will take him 20 <laughs> minutes to read it out. So there you go. <laughs> and uh, so I will it's, give it's a bit. given the highest honour, but we're not actually going to read it. <laughs> yeah, it's just about race suits and body temperatures and how the body cools down and then after a certain point it starts eating up all its sugars and it's, it salts in order to get rid of the heat, but then you sweat and anyway, it was very scientific and very good. And there's another one. I'll put this up on the Instagram too. It's a cutout of Mark Webber wearing one of our Lakeside Drive pink cord hats and a very good photo. I'm very impressed. So I'll put that on the Instagram. I'll make James do it from bed, which we probably need a shout out to. James is in bed at the moment. He's going to yes, be in bed abs- for another couple of weeks. Absolutely. He's- he hurt his foot. He fell in a hole a few years ago and uh, Australian taxpayers paying his wage for the rest of his life for it. So uh, and now he's getting <laughs> surgery. So hello, Jim. You'll be right. We love you, mate. And be back soon. Hello, Jim. <laughs> yes, please do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break. <laughs> 
Looking for a new career? Welcome to Do HVAC Training Service Center in North Charleston. Enroll today in our comprehensive HVAC training hands-on field experience-based program covering troubleshooting, maintenance, installation, and more on various HVAC systems and ductwork. We offer EPA and NAIC preparation and testing along with various certifications. Enjoy payment options. Take advantage of their November specials. Achieve certification in under five months. Enroll now for your new journey of skill development and career advancement. Log on to DEWHVACTRAININGSC.COM to register. Okay, let's talk about Austin, Circuit of the Americas. We saw some pretty dramatic on-track action here last year. Signs was on pole, um, but he got tapped by George Russell, who would have thought, in lap one and spun out until he basically rejoined in last, and that was the end of his race. We had Latifi being Latifi. We had a beached VB. We had one of the strangest things I've seen on Formula One, which is Alonso up on two wheels, um, which is hilarious now as well because ah, it was Alonso right. and Stroll who came together last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we had that yeah, kind of, I, um, bucking Formula One car. <laughs> and I, I blamed Alonso for that from memory because I was trying to be just less agreeable. I think you incorrectly did. Yeah, I did. I was trying to be less agreeable. <laughs> I was like, oh, that was Alonso's fault. No, um, what else happened? Danny Rick came You were out there picking fights. Yeah, Danny Rick came fifth, didn't he? Did he beat Lando last year or was that the year before? I can't remember. I think that was the year before. Last year Danny Rick uh, came in on Horsey McHorseface or whatever his name was. Uh, it was that grand entrance. Let's just collectively share our wonderful memories of Austin year by year. doesn't matter. Uh, we have had uh, D- Dale Earnhardt's uh, NASCAR. We've had horses. We've had Alonzo in his bucking Formula One car. Um, Shaq. We also have had some awesome racing. Yes, we've had Shaq. Oh, and we had actually last year as well was Tim Cook, the most underwhelming flag waver of, <laughs> of all time. <laughs> He was shitter than Serena Williams. At least she was excited to be there. He could have been waving a flag to like, I don't know, your local beach flags. I don't know where else you rage you wave flags, but he was not excited to be there at all. This year, though, Campy, we have so much on track action. It's a sprint weekend, of course. F1 Academy is also racing this weekend. You've got Porsche Carrera Cup, Masters Historic. It's going to be a lot of on-track action for those of us who are there, which is very exciting. What are you most excited about for Coda? Uh, Danny Rick's comeback. I think he's going to come back and absolutely star <laughs> this weekend. I think top five. So that's that's what I'm excited for. Uh, lots of – I'm cooking myself some wings this weekend too, so <laughs> – Good, good. Monday, that'll be good. We can watch some rugby Monday morning and uh, followed by the F1 too. So it's going to be a great weekend of sport. How excellent. And actually talking about um, cooking up 
for a, uh, a Formula One weekend. I think it's Anna on our Discord who every uh, weekend, every race weekend, she cooks a dish that is reflective of the place that we're racing in. And Wings. it's actually something Wings. I hang out for to find out what she's she's making. So, Anna, we want to hear from you. What are you cooking this weekend that is reflective of the great state of, of Texas? Yeah, I think I'm going to answer on behalf of our MIA, James, uh, the thing that he is most excited about this weekend, which is that if you go to the CODA website and you look at the schedule for Saturday and Sunday, you will see time on the on the calendar for a flyover. So that is what James is going to be most excited about. Yeah, I'll answer on yeah. his behalf. The team which I'm excited for is Haas. So they have a massive upgrade this weekend. Now, I'm not under any illusions that it's going to see them suddenly be gone with their tyre deg issues and have both of them up in the points and challenging for Max Verstappen, but it might see a little bit of a pep in their step when it comes to having something to look forward to, for one, um, but potentially a performance um, upgrade as well. So it's a full aerodynamic package. This is not a new rear wing or, a, you know, one of the smaller adjustments that you might see, full new package that they've been working on for the entire season basically. So I'm excited for them. They've got great race suits. I'm not sure if you've seen those. I have, have yeah, they've I did. They've got um, stars and stripes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so very excited for them and I really hope that they have a, a, a good weekend. Who's singing the anthem this weekend? Because, geez, it's one of the great anthems. Oh. It really gets my heart going every year. And my birthday happens to fall on the, uh, the 4th of July too, so it's the Star Spangled Banner. Oh, with, does uh, it? With, <laughs> with Whitney, Whitney Houston at the Super Bowl. That is a yearly uh, tradition me and my wife have. So, hey, Star Spangled at the US good. Grand Prix too. How good. Amazing. Actually, so one of our, one of our – kind of mates who works for Pirelli is in New York at the moment. There's a lot of, I think half of Formula 1's in New York at the moment leading into to Austin and they were at a basketball game last night and he recorded the uh, the national anthem and and put that up and, boy, it does, uh, yeah, gives you tingles. There's just so much, so much passion in it. So patriotic. When they all look at the flag, yeah. it's like, oh, God, it, gets, it just gets me going. What are you most looking forward to because you'll be there? Well, Yes, I will be there. But what I was going to say was the my best experience with that actually was was in Nashville for IndyCar, and I was on the grid, um, standing two meters away from Will Power. Everyone had their you know hands on their chest, and there was something like you had this real sense of, like you said, that patriotism, but that real sense of kind of about to go into battle. Um, it was not something I'd experienced before and you kind of look around yeah. and you go like, yeah, these are absolute warriors and that there was something that I think when you're so close to the cars and you, they're doing their last bits of, you know, checks and everything else and you have this real sense of, you know, they're about to go and really fight for something important, which is, you know, it's sport at the end of the day but yeah. still you can you can get a lot of out of it and that's why it's so great. What I am most looking forward to um. I don't even know where to start. Um, first of all, I haven't I haven't been to Coda, so just seeing a new track, seeing how they do things, um, I'm really excited about. I think it's going to be full of people who are, just love motorsport, um, and so yeah. we'll go and meet yeah. some people um, and and get some little snippets for the podcast as well. See who everybody else is supporting, and that that's one of the things that I love about actually getting to attend races in person is 
you know, who you meet there um, and the people who you chat to. And we did some Voxbot stuff at, um, at IndyCar and, you know, there was a kid who was an up-and-coming driver and he wanted to make it in Indy and so he was there like, you know, dawn till dusk every day and then there was somebody else who was like a hardcore McLaren um, fan who was, had all sorts of uh, ideas for <laughs> for um, their, their drivers. Brand. And you just, you know, you meet the, you, you, you met, <laughs> you had the kind of long-suffering um, parent who was actually not particularly into motorsport at all but had a kid who was obsessed with it. So, you know, just doing doing what you got to do for your kids and like there were just some awesome people and so that's something that I'm really excited about um but I think just that you know American everything uh we're going to get some barbecue um going to go and see what Austin downtown has to offer I cannot wait for Queen um with Adam Lambert I just uh, but oh, that's a bucket list item for me so to be able to pack that into yeah. the weekend you're gonna say Stapleton well, look we haven't decided on Stapleton because we've actually seen him already. We saw her in, him in Florida um, last year and we're hoping to catch up with um, some of our friends from the US um, and around the place who are in town and that might be a Friday night thing. So uh, still figuring that out but um, that's my vote for singing the national anthem actually. I was going to say, I know you're in town. <laughs> Chris Stapleton <laughs> national anthem. Because <laughs> I know me and, have, me and you have broke off of uh, with that Chris Stapleton at the and Justin Timberlake at the Country Music Awards a few years ago. Oh, yes. Just go and watch that on YouTube. That is just the greatest yep. seven minutes of. Oh, it's awesome. It's musical genius. Put it that. It's. I love that dude. So white trash country. Jeez, we just absolute musical genius is right, and you can confirm that because Keith Urban is fanboying in the crowd, like filming on yeah. his phone. It's the cutest thing I've seen. <laughs> cute. <laughs> All right, let's. All it's right. Cute. Cute is the word of the day. Let's talk about some predictions uh, for this weekend. Now, James uh, has sent through two predictions. But I'm only going to read out one. He, he <laughs> Sorry, is high Jim. at the moment. Uh, so, so we said, uh, yeah, look, the drugs are obviously working because for qualifying <laughs> on uh, his front row, he's got Verstappen and Piastri. That could actually happen, to be fair. Yeah. The one which yeah. I'm more concerned about is the podium uh, prediction, which is Daniel Ricciardo, Oscar Piastri and Mark Webber. <laughs> Love that. Love that. <laughs> And then in 10th, who he has given the curse to is Alex Albon. Uh, So all the best to you, Albon. It probably means that you're going to crash out, although that's more of my curse, but uh, it seems to be her. We put it back there. Um, Campy, what are your predictions for this weekend? Oh, look, I can't go against Oscar. The guy's on a run at the moment, and this is the start of his his ascendancy to the top of the sport. So... I'm going to go Verstappen at the moment. I'll go Piastri two for the front row. And then the race, I'm going to go Piastri, Verstappen, and Hamilton because Hamilton's good around this track. I think. Oh, yeah, he is. Hamilton won this like 10 times in a row. And then number 10, I'm going to go with ooh, Ocon. No, I'll go Gasly because I want him to crash out. <laughs> So you want you want Ocon to crash so Gasly can no, be intense. No, Gasly would be tense. I love your so, logic. No, because whenever we make a tense <laughs> place prediction, said. they yeah, gosh, sorry, delay. <laughs> oh dear. Oh, so you want the curse to come true? Okay, thank you. Excellent. You're just we've woken up and chosen violence today, uh, Campy. All right, so <laughs> I'm going to go for. Um, 
Oh, I do think Verstappen will put it on pole. I'm going to go Carlos uh, for Carlos. second P2. Carlos. Carlos was on on pole here last year, so and he's um, in a in a good spot at the moment. So I know he had a bit bit of bad luck last weekend, but uh, I think he could do all right this weekend. Um, podium, I'm going to say Max Hamilton and Piastri. Uh, I think I think Hamilton could get up this weekend, and you know Ferrari will fuck something up for Carlos. So uh, that's why he's not going to be there. And then in tenth. I think we. I'm going to go for Checo. Yeah, just, Checo. Oh, I, I reckon. Uh, Checo? I mean, uh, I mean, go for it if you'd like. <laughs> no, we'll have that conversation next week. I think we'll save it for a I week. Think, I think that's it. That's probably that's probably a good call. And look, I think we should just generally call it because this is gradually spiraling, spiraling into. Um, Probably just more more talk from the bottom of the bin, Campy. Uh, <laughs> sorry, James. We're doing our best. <laughs> Alrighty. <laughs> That's the worst laugh I've ever heard. Oh no. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. Listeners, thank you for putting up with us for this long and we hope that you are as excited as we are about going to the United States Grand Prix, the great state of Texas, at COTA. It's going to be epic. If you're there, send me a message on Discord or Instagram. Let me know. Uh, we love meeting all of our listeners. We love you all. You're all very cute. That's the word of the day. Um, and if you'd like to support the podcast, then head over to wherever you listen to Ev, your podcast. Give us a rating. We love that. Uh, head over to the website and get some merch. And, of course, I can't forget YouTube. Going for that 1,000 subscribers uh, goal, which we are very close to, very close to, and you can help us to get there. So thank you, everybody, for listening. And thank you, Campy, for joining me. Thanks, Fry. Checo told he must get P2, otherwise replaced by Daniel Ricciardo. And she, like, screenshotted it and sent it to me and was like, oh, my God, this is huge. I was like, uh, well, that's bullshit. Misinformation's <laughs> um, a real thing. Like, just. <laughs> Sports Social Podcast Network.